Welcome to the Apostolic Keynote Podcast from King of Faith Church. This message is by Colin Urquhart. Now last week we had a very simple message built on a very simple direct word, command, do everything in love. This morning, we follow that with another verse in the NIV, just three words. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 says, Be joyful always. Be joyful always. That's a command. Do everything in love is a command. Be joyful always is a command. So you could say that when we're not being joyful, we're not being obedient. Hello? But of course, this is not emotional joy, just like the love is not built on emotion. The love of God is... is, uh, a very practical, active love, what we do. So the joy is not the emotional joy of the soul, but the joy of the spirit. So Paul, when he's writing to the Ephesians, says, rejoice in the Lord, always. Again, there's that always, be joyful always, Rejoice in the Lord always. Now, when Paul wrote that to the Philippians, he was in prison at the time. The church was undergoing persecution when he wrote 1 Thessalonians. Uh, So what is Paul doing? He is ensuring that the people that he's writing to are walking by faith. Now, you've often heard me say that joy is the barometer of your faith. That if you're walking in faith, you're walking in joy. If you've stopped walking in joy, you've stopped walking in faith. It doesn't mean you don't have any faith, but it means at that moment, you're not walking in faith. You're not expressing faith, because when you express faith, Two things happen. One is that you rejoice. The second is that you are thankful. So just after this command, be joyful always, Paul says pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So we're talking about the will of God this morning. It is the will of God for you to... Always be joyful and to always give thanks. Now, how do we express this joy? Well, of course, it begins in praise and in worship, just as our thanksgiving begins in praise. We express that in praise. But, of course, we're not only thankful when we're praising God, 
just as God does not intend us to be joyful only when we're praising and thanking him. Uh, If we're to be joyful always, then whether we're praising him or whether we're not, we're still walking in joy. Now, we know that the challenge of faith is always to believe God over and above our feelings, over and above the circumstances, over and above the challenges that face us. When there's no challenges, you hardly need to walk in faith because everything just seems to happen so simply and straightforwardly. But life is not like that, certainly not all the time. There are constant challenges before us. And that's a constant challenge. Okay, are you going to focus on the need, focus on the problem, or are you going to keep your focus on the Lord, in which case you will be rejoicing and giving thanks. Why? Because he is greater than the circumstances. He's greater than your feelings. And he never changes. This is the point, you see, that emotional joy, the joy of the soul, is dependent very much on circumstances. You are happy when everything is going well in the natural. You're not so happy when things are not going well. But that is pure soulish emotion. It's got nothing to do with the walk of the spirit. That if we are living in the spirit, if we are walking by faith, then there's a consistency in our life that no matter what is happening, we keep rejoicing. I know when I was suddenly taken very ill some years ago now, uh, I I didn't look particularly healthy at that time. Uh, People used to look at me and say, how are you? And... When you're, when you're not so well, that's always a challenging, answer, a challenging question. How are you going to answer? My stock answer was, I'm rejoicing. You see, the temptation is to say, oh, I'm not feeling so good. You know, it really is tough. It's this, that, and the other, and boom, 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 boom. And people talk like that often, I think, to gain a bit of sympathy from other people. But actually, it undermines our faith. Because you believe what you talk about. Jesus said, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, uh, when we're asking challenging questions like that, we need a faith answer. I'm rejoicing, I'm trusting God, I'm walking by faith, or whatever. Much better to speak and declare your faith than to talk about circumstances. Problems, feelings. We are called to be overcomers. And Jesus gives us the example in his earthly ministry of what it is to overcome. If you look carefully, well, those of you who have been through John's Gospel know how Jesus was constantly confronted with opposition, rejection, Uh, people trying to kill him and and making all kinds of plans against him. 
but never ever did any of those things affect him. Why? Because he was an overcomer. He did not allow the opposition, he did not allow the difficulties to define who he was or what he was choosing to do. And this is why it says in the first chapter of, of Hebrews that it was the anointing of the oil of joy that was upon him that raised him above his companions. So even in the midst of all the persecution and rejection and all the issues that he had to face, nobody could ever steal his joy. And then he says to the disciples at the Last Supper, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy will be full. Now, you students have done a, uh, a forum, this term, on joy. So you've studied all this, you, you know all these scriptures well, but of course what God is concerned about is not what you know, but what you actually do, so that this joy becomes active in your life. And you are rejoicing in the Lord always, being joyful always. But if you focus on trying to be joyful, it doesn't seem to work very much. I, I can remember um, one of the young women when we were living in community uh, wasn't actually the joyful verse, but the thankful verse in everything give thanks. Uh, she said, I've, I'm devoting myself to give thanks in absolutely everything. And she set her heart on doing that. And I said to her a few days later, how are you getting on? And she said, well, I'm more thankful than I used to be, but I'm still not giving thanks in everything. Because you see, if you, if you just try to obey scriptures like this, you're trying to do something in the soul that can only be accomplished through the spirit. So the key to joy is faith. That when you're in a place of faith, you're in a place of joy. You are in a place of thanksgiving. And... As you know, we're not supposed to examine ourselves, to look at ourselves in Scripture. That's something we're actually forbidden to do, except to examine ourselves to see whether we are in the faith. To ask yourself if... Why, 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 are, why don't we examine the self? Because we've died. What's the point of examining something that has died? Hello, you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. See, that's where faith begins. That's not the advanced stage of faith. This is where, when I was a pastor, I was teaching people right from the very, very beginning when they first came to the Lord, you have died. Now your life is hidden with Christ in God. That was the starting point. Because if you don't reckon that self-life as dead, you will live in it. 
And what Paul says in Romans, as you know well, that you have died, but you have to reckon yourself as dead, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So I have died. I don't need to focus on myself or my feelings or my desires or anything like that. I have died. My life is now, now at this very moment, hidden with Christ in God. I could not be in a better place. And you see, the same is true for you. Whether you reckon yourself as having died or not, you have died. You were crucified with Christ. He did put you to death. So you no longer live. Like Paul says, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. That soulish person that you were cannot live by faith. Amen? It's the new creation that God has made you that lives by faith. You became a new creation when you were born again, and that was the result of putting your faith in God's grace. But God's grace is always sufficient for you. His power is always made perfect in your weakness. You see, this is the point. The soul remains weak, but in the spirit you are strong because now your, your life is hidden with Christ in God. You see, there are four ways that you can look. You can look back, and the scripture says no. You can look in, and the scripture says no. You can look up, and the scripture says yes. And you can look out, and the scripture says yes. So you don't look back and look in. You look up and you look out. You look up to the Lord and out so that that which he has invested in you flows out of you as a river of living water. Amen? Those who keep looking in upon themselves deserve to get depressed because you're a very depressing subject. That's why God put you to death in order that now you might be a new creation alive with the Spirit of God. That's much more exciting. So we're all learning to live the new life, the Jesus life. And you see, this is the point. The Jesus life is a life of faith. The Jesus life is a life of joy. It's a life of love. Now, you'll find that four things go together in your life. And when these four things are in place, they all go together, really. One interacts upon the other. When these four things are in place, you are really walking with the Lord in the way that he intends. The first is, of course, love, because we are told to abide, to live continually in his love. But it has to be faith working through love. And where there is faith, there is joy. So you've got three of the four, the love, the faith, the joy. They all go together. If love and faith are operating, there's joy. Amen? What's the fourth? Peace. If you, you know, Jesus says, abide in me, continue to live in me. If you live in him, you continue to live in love. 
you continue to live in faith. Not your faith, his faith. The spirit of faith that God has put upon you. You continue to live in joy. That his joy will be in you and your joy will be full. But you will also be at peace. That sense of total well-being with God. Why? Because love, faith and joy are all in the right place in your life. So when you think about it, this is, this is what we really want. We want a life of peace. You know, peace is not, it's not like, again, it's not soulish peace. The world's idea of peace is the absence of noise, the absence of conflict. Uh, you know, when all the kids have gone to bed and you can enjoy the rest of the evening. That's not peace. In the biblical sense, peace is an impartation of the well-being of God. When, when you say peace, shalom, what you are actually saying is may you be blessed with all the well-being of God. Uh, and, and, and so how do we get blessed with the well-being of God? We walk in love, we walk in faith, we walk in joy. And we're at peace with God. The four things go together. Now, when those four things are in place, other things result. That releases the authority and the power that God has given us through the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is the key to everything, isn't it? Isn't he in your life? He is the key. The love, where does the love come? The Holy Spirit has poured his love into your heart. Where does the faith come? He is the spirit of faith. Faith is one, is part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Faith is actually mentioned in both the fruit and the manifestations or gifts. In the fruit, it's usually translated faithfulness, but actually in the Greek, it just says faith. So, Faith is both a fruit and a manifestation or gift of the Holy Spirit. Joy is another fruit of the Holy Spirit, as is peace. So when we're walking in the Spirit, then in, in the way that God intends, there's the love, there's the faith, there's the joy, there's the peace, and there's the power that results from that, because Jesus said you will be filled with power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So the key to everything is walking in right relationship to the Holy Spirit. Now you see, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of love, the spirit of faith, the spirit of joy, the spirit of peace, the spirit of power. But that's not his title. His title is Holy Spirit. His title is Spirit of Holiness. And you see, what is holiness? What is holiness in practice? It's love, it's faith, it's joy, it's peace. It's power. That's what you see in the life of Jesus. Who lived the holy life here on earth? Jesus. How did he live? In love, by faith, with joy, in peace, in power, and therefore with authority. This is holiness. Holiness, you know, people, they usually think of holiness in terms of purity. Purity is one aspect of holiness. But purity is not holiness. Purity is purity. Purity isn't holiness. 
Holiness is the wholeness of who Christ is. The wholeness of who God is. Is he pure? Yes. Is he love? Yes. Is he the author and perfecter of our faith? Yes. Is he the Lord of joy? Yes. Is he the God of all peace? Yes. Is he the almighty one? Yes. So all those things are aspects of holiness. And that's why the Holy Spirit has this sort of mission, really, in your life. He is sent to you by God to fulfill a mission, to make you increasingly like Jesus, to transform you into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. What does that look like in practice? More love, more faith, more joy, more peace, more power. Hello? Now, it's easy for me to trip these things off and, and to say these things because I know them, and I know them to be true. But what matters, as we said earlier, is not what we know, but what we do, what we live. So we walk in love. Knowing that we should walk in love doesn't actually do anything. It's only when you express that love in your life that you're actually walking in obedience to God's command to love others as he has loved us. So we do love. Amen? We don't just know about love. We do love. See, We do faith. Faith is expressed in action, what you say and what you do. You cannot have faith in, in the sense of, you know, it's something you possess. Faith is what you express in what you say and what you do. If you believe something, you only actually express that belief in faith when you speak it and when you act upon it. Are you there? So, you know, believing that something is true doesn't accomplish anything, but it's when you put that faith into practice that things happen. Are we all at the same meeting here this morning? Okay, so... It's the same with the joy. It's the same with the thanksgiving. Knowing that the scripture says be joyful always does not necessarily mean that you will be joyful always. It's what you do. And therefore, we have this choice. You see, love is a choice. Why is it possible for people to hate rather than love? People ask this question, don't they? If God is love, why is there so much hatred in the world? Because love has to be a choice. Nobody can love unless they also have the capacity to hate. Mm -hmm. God hates sin. Hello? He hates what is not of love. Scripture is clear about that. But the focus is not on his hatred of sin because he dealt with that on the cross. The focus is on the love that he wants to reproduce in the lives of his children. So the love is the expression of the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit can enable us to love with the love of God. 
And it's the same. Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. You can never fool God. And he says, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer if you believe. Now, I'm sure you many times have prayed thinking that you're in faith and what you prayed for hasn't happened. Now, either Jesus is a liar or you were not in a place of faith. Because if you were in a place of faith, then you would have seen the answer according to the promise of Jesus. Which helps us to understand that God's concept of faith is very different from our concept of faith. You see, if a person thinks he's in a position of faith, he's going to say, I'm trusting in God, I'm believing God, I'm boom, 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 Lord, I believe you to do, boom, 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 boom. But the scripture says, no, faith is being sure and certain of what we hope for. You're not believing that something might happen. As far as you're concerned, it has happened. Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. It's happened. You are joyful because it's happened. You might not see the evidence of it yet, but it's happened because you've received the answer by faith. And so the scripture says, pray at all times with thanksgiving. Why? Because if you don't believe you've received it, you won't be thankful. But you see, these are not to be treated as formulae that we use when we pray. Oh, right, in everything give thanks. So every time I ask God for anything, I'll say thank you at the end. Well, that's a good thing to do, but that's not what, of course, the scripture is talking about. It's being thankful because you believe you have received it. Whatever it is, the answer to your prayer. Are we there? Now, you know all this stuff, you see. It's just a question of being reminded every now and again, as we all need to be, are we living in it? Is all this being expressed in our lives? Because in a few days' time, a couple of weeks' time, many of you will be out on your placements. Glory, hallelujah, praise God, how wonderful. And you'll be putting all this into practice. You'll be taking the love, you'll be taking the faith, you'll be taking the joy, you'll be taking the peace of God and the power of God into the situations where God is sending you. Because you go in the name of Jesus and you go in the power and under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So it's going to be wonderful to see the practical results that will come out of seeing the Holy Spirit move and work through you. Now, of course, you may be put to the test, some of you, as soon as you arrive in your placement, because you could look at the circumstances and say, I'm not sure that I like this. In which case, the first thing you need to do is to rejoice that you're in the place of God's appointing, where he has sent you. He knows all the circumstances. He is with you. He is within you. All, all his riches and resources are available to you. So what's to bother about? 
Hello? You see, what is the contradiction to what we're talking about? What is a contradiction to love, to faith, to joy, and to peace? Just one word undermines all four. Worry. And what does Jesus say? Don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. That's another command. John Wesley, the great revivalist, says that's the one command of God that every Christian disobeys. <laughs> I think there are probably a few others that every Christian disobeys as well, but uh, he was probably right. Everybody worries in the natural. But you see, there is no worry in the spirit. Can you imagine God ever getting worried? I mean, God sees what's happening among the nations now. God sees what's happening in this nation. The political chaos and confusion and everything. Do you think God's worried? Do you think Jesus is worried about the future of this nation? Do you think the Holy Spirit is worried, thinking, oh, what can we do, what can we do, what can we do to resolve this difficult situation? We must have a, a, a conference in heaven between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We must decide what to do. This is terrible. No, God's not phased. God's not worried. He knows the outcome. Amen? And sometimes we can be in personal circumstances, not just national circumstances, personal circumstances, which we don't understand, which seem so contradictory and are surely not the will of God. And what does he say? Don't worry. Don't worry. Because the worry will undermine the love, the joy, the faith, the peace. The devil is a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So how does he steal? Worry. Look at the situation. Look at your feelings. Look at what's happening. Worry. Worry about it. Why? Because if you worry about it, you're not going to walk by faith. And if you're not walking by faith, you're not going to walk by joy. And if these four things are not in place, the love, the joy, uh, the, uh, the peace of God, there won't be the power. So, there's not only power, you see, but when all these four things are in place, there's the provision of God. The love, the faith, the joy, the peace lead to power and provision. I love these, I, I make up these uh, equations, you know. Love plus faith plus joy plus peace equals power plus provision. I'm not a mathematical, uh, mathematically-minded person, but I, I find these spiritual equations helpful because you see how everything interrelates and interacts in our lives. And, and, you know, at any given moment, God may be focusing on one of these things to make sure that they're really firmly established in our lives, but then he brings all these different elements together and shows us how they belong together and how they interrelate and how they interact and how we need to hold these things together in our lives and walk in them 
as a whole. This is practical holiness. But you see, as soon as we start to worry, there's not the praise, there's not the thanksgiving, there's not the joy, there's everything seems desperate and difficult. And in the natural, it may be. But in the spirit, it's not. Can you understand that? In the spirit, there is no worry. I can remember God teaching my wife many, many years ago. One day she just said to me, you know, the Lord said to me this morning that if I live in the fear of the Lord, I will never need to fear anything or anyone else. That's great revelation, isn't it? You walk in the fear of the Lord, not being afraid of God, but in awe of who he is, you'll never need to be afraid of anything else or of anyone else. Praise God. So coming to see Pastor Colin isn't like going to the headmaster's study. There's nothing to be afraid of. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Isn't he good? So why focus on joy this morning? Because, you see, what I found is that This is the barometer of your faith. This tells you more than anything else where you are in reality, in your relation to God, in what is going on at that given moment. That when you're rejoicing in him, everything else is in place. When there isn't that joy, something is wrong. And you've heard me say that I believe God wants there to be much more joy, joy in our worship, joy in our relationships, joy. He wants there to be an increase of joy. And and I believe, you see, that will lead to an increase of power and of provision. And we could do with some more provision at this time. Who couldn't? Hallelujah. But the key is not to pray for more provision, the key is to walk in the joy of the Lord. Because when you're walking in the joy of the Lord, you're walking in overcoming, you're walking in victory. You're not worried, you're not looking at the circumstances, your eyes are on the Lord. Amen? I'm so glad I'm not an accountant, because an accountant has to look at the figures. And I want to look at the Lord, not at the figures. Can you understand what I'm saying? The numbers, that is. So, praise God. Do not be anxious about anything. Each day has enough cares of its own, Jesus said. Don't even take thought for tomorrow. That's natural thinking, isn't it? Getting anxious, getting worried, undermines faith undermines walking and abiding in his love, undermines the joy, undermines the peace. Result, 
You don't see the power. You don't see the provision. So, hallelujah, we kick worry out. Now, some people have said to me, well, it's all right to say that, Pastor Colin, but, you know, I'm a naturally fearful or worrying person. Of course you are, you idiot. (laughs) Everybody is in the natural, but you're not called to live in the natural. You're called to walk in the spirit. In the natural, everybody worries. I said, idiot. I didn't say thou fool. <laughs> of course, in the natural, we are, we are not what we're supposed to be, but then we're the people of the spirit. God is making us a new creation, has made us a new creation, and we're learning to live as the new creation that God has made us. Hallelujah. And you know, there will be trying circumstances. I mean, really, really big testing circumstances. And you will have to walk by faith and walk by joy and maintain your faith and maintain your joy all the way through that process. Sometimes it can go on for weeks, sometimes for months, even longer in some issues. But that's all right. That's God teaching us. This is what it is to walk by faith. This is what it is to believe me rather than the circumstances. You know, we would like to pray and every time an instantaneous miracle happens, wow, hallelujah, those are actually the easiest things. People think, oh, you need such great faith to see those instantaneous miracles. No, you don't. You just need God to do something in a moment of time. Why you need the faith is to persevere. And that's why Jesus taught Uh, his disciples about persevering in faith. He taught them the parable, remember, of the unjust judge to teach them to persevere and not give up. And how how many Christians have started to believe God for something and have given up? And of course, God knew they would give up because he knew they weren't in a place of faith because when you're in a place of faith, you can't give up. Why? Because when you're in a place of faith, you see the outcome, you see the answer. The answer is already yours, even if you can't see it visibly at that moment. So you can't give up, because you can't give up on an answer. But you can give up if you don't have the answer. Well, this is too deep for you. But, you know, just pray for revelation. Amen? Are you there? So, we're a joyful people. And yes, we express the joy in worship, but the joy needs to be there all the time. I think one of, one of the most humbling things I've known as a pastor is to meet some elderly people. You know, these, these men and women that have walked with Lord, the Lord for many years. Often they're in their 80s and Probably it won't be too long before they're called home to be with the Lord. But the joy of the Lord just radiates out of them. It's as if there is a glow in their, on their lives. And as a young pastor, when I was a, a young pastor, I used to go and see people like that 
even though some of them weren't even in my church. But I, I would go and I would just sit and be with them and I would get some of the glow that flowed out of their life. And it would just encourage me. It would, I just felt encouraged to be with them. They were always people of the word. They weren't necessarily pastors or anything like that, but they were people that had lived in the word, that loved Jesus, and this joy just radiated out of, out, out of their lives. Very encouraging to be with people like that. Uh, I, you know, I can remember saying, Lord, I hope when I get to their age, I want to be like that. I want, I want your joy to be radiating out of my life. And I know God wants much more joy to be radiating out of my life than is present now. And the same for you. But you see, the more time we spend around the Lord, the more joyful we will be because the joy radiates out of him. It's the anointing of the oil of joy that raised him above his companions. So what are we going to do? Quit worrying and begin rejoicing always. Well, that's it. You know that's what you need to do. I know that's what I need to do. So no, either we will do it or we won't. Mm -hmm. Either you will set your heart on doing it or it will never happen. But when you set your heart upon seeing the will of God and the word of God fulfilled in your life, never become discouraged when you fail. Because you will. If, if it was a matter of just clicking your fingers and saying, right, that's it, no more worry, now I'm always going to be joyful. Everybody would be like that, wouldn't they? It was that simple. But you see, God turns worrying people into joyful people. He turns anxious people into faith-filled people. He, tell, he turns self-centered people into loving people. He turns anxious people into peaceful people. He turns weak people into powerful people. He turns people of need into people of plenty. And he knows that that's a process that he takes us all through. God's done, you students, God's done an immense amount in you in the last few months. And it's all part of that transforming work. And his word to us this morning is simply this. Okay, you want to know how you're getting on spiritually? How joyful are you? That's your answer. You don't have to examine yourself, you see. That's why the scripture says, no, 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 don't examine yourself. Just ask yourself, are you in the faith? 
Test yourself to see if you're in the faith. How you test yourself? Well, how joyful are you? It's as simple as that. You don't have to examine yourself. You know. Immediately you know. And you also know whether you have the desire to be more joyful. Less anxious, more joyful. Amen? Such a simple message, isn't it? The gospel is so simple because it's made for idiots like us. You know, God, God loves even, even the, the, the simplest of people and he's made the gospel so simple. It's unbelief that makes it complicated. Amen? Jesus said, it's simple. You trust me and you'll be filled with joy and peace and love and you will know my power and my provision. Hallelujah. What a God. What a gospel. Let's all stand and come into the middle. I'm an overcomer. Anybody else an overcomer? Listen, listen. There's only one way that you that anyone can become an overcomer. By God allowing you to have things to overcome. And that's why the Lord allows all kinds of challenges to be put before us, because He wants to make you an overcomer. And you can't be an overcomer if there aren't things to overcome. So just thank Him now that you are an overcomer. Hallelujah. And whatever challenges are before you now, you will overcome. Come on, you will overcome these things. You're not going to be overcome by them. You're going to overcome them. Hallelujah. Can I hear faith being expressed here? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sokapaparasantuma. Now, can you thank the Lord? You don't have to worry about anything. Jesus says, I believe Jesus. Anybody here believe Jesus? I mean, I believe what Jesus says. He says, don't be anxious about anything. So you don't need to be anxious. Hallelujah. If there's been any anxiety, just say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me because your word says, don't be anxious about anything. I've disobeyed you, Lord. But I thank you, you don't judge me, you don't condemn me, you forgive me, you're merciful towards me. Hallelujah. Oh, praise you, Jesus. You don't have to worry about your future. You don't have to worry about whether you'll get married or not. You don't have to worry about whether you will fulfill God's purpose or not, you don't worry about anything. You don't worry about sickness. You don't worry about symptoms. You don't worry about the future of your loved ones. You don't worry about anything. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Okay, now let's, let's make sure we have the right confession of faith. And that's, that begins with the way you think. Because you speak what you think. So never again will you think even that you're an anxious or worrying person. Hello? Can we, can we thank God that the warrior was put to death, was crucified with Christ? That the warrior no longer lives. Now you're a warrior, not a warrior. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not a warrior, Lord. I'm not an anxious person. That person is dead, buried with Christ, no longer lives. Now I am a new creation. Lord, when, when you gave me a birth from above, you did not give birth to a warrior. You did not give birth to an anxious person. You gave birth to a child of faith. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. You don't have to worry about the future. You don't have to worry about finances. You don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to worry about your health. You don't have to worry about anything because you're not a warrior. You're not an anxious person. You're a child of faith. I'm saying it again and again. You're a child of faith. Come on, give thanks to God that he's made you a child of faith. Hallelujah. You abide in him. You live in him. And he is the Lord of joy. He's rejoicing always. Hallelujah. So you're rejoicing always. Be joyful always. Not be anxious but be joyful always. Come on, speak that over your life. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want to do everything in love. I want to be joyful always. I want to give thanks in all circumstances because this is your will for me in Christ Jesus. I want to be that person of faith you've called me to be. And I praise your wonderful name. I bless your wonderful name. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So to the 
Come on, just let the praise flow for a few minutes here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, just listen to the word of God. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on. Come on, you say, say this after me. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. To comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. A garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. We will be called oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Yes. He sends you to bestow on others the oil of gladness instead of mourning. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you have given us the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you have given us the oil of gladness, the oil of joy. Praise your holy name. Bless your holy name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. You know, I'm, I need at this moment to be walking in my healing, just like you do, some of you, in various things. And I just made up a little ditty which when, when I need to, I keep repeating this. Uh, I'm a simple guy, you see. And it goes simply like this. 
I'm walking in my healing, Jesus. I'm walking in your love for me. I'm walking in your healing, Jesus. I'm walking in your victory. I sing it rather than... But never mind. You can make up your own. You can make up your own. Yes. And, and, and you can do other voices, uh, other verses, you know. I'm walking in your joy, Lord Jesus. I'm walking in your love for me. I'm walking in your joy, Lord Jesus. I'm walking in your victory. See, because life is a walk with Jesus, isn't it? I'm walking in your grace, Lord Jesus. I'm walking in your love for me. I'm walking in your grace, Lord Jesus. I'm walking in your victory. Can you remember it? It's very simple, isn't it? It's for simple people like me. If you're one of these complicated people, then write your own complicated song. But this is, this is, a, <laughs> this is a simple thing for simple people like me. Hallelujah. I'm walking in my healing, Jesus. I'm walking in your love for me. I'm walking in your healing, Jesus. I'm walking in your victory. Hallelujah. It's much better than walking in pain and suffering and joylessness and uh, uh, so difficult. Get your eyes on the Lord, isn't it? Walking in your healing, Jesus. Walking in your love for me. I'm walking in your healing, Jesus. I'm walking in your victory. Hallelujah. Come on, can you can you praise the Lord for the victory in your life? You're walking. And his victory. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. O papapara sato papapakala sitri sanduma. O papapara sanduri sandaria leto papapara sanduma. Basta kalaria leto papapara sanduri sandaria pasinuma. Pupapapara sato papakala sinuma. What a Lord. Lord, we thank you. You're so faithful. Oh, you're so gracious. You're so merciful. Hallelujah. I'm walking in your mercy, Jesus. I'm walking in your love for me. I'm walking in your mercy, Jesus. I'm walking in your victory. Hallelujah. Pupapapara sandaria leto papapapara sandama. Oh, papapapara sandari sandarima. Oh, I'm walking in your glory, Jesus. I'm walking in your love for me. I'm walking in your glory, Jesus. I'm walking in your victory. Hallelujah. Oh, I think, I think there's some... The real, real future in this little ditty, don't you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've, you see, it's little things like this that encourage your faith. They really do. I mean, you know, who are the greatest in the kingdom? The little children. That's what Jesus says. The little children, they're the greatest in the kingdom. So just be content to be a little child who needs little simple things to encourage your faith. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We praise you. We exalt your holy name. You are so wonderful. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord, that all the things that cause anxiety have been overcome on the cross. 
Thank you that those things are beneath our feet. That when we walk by faith in you, we walk over those things. We, we trample them down in the name of Jesus. They're, they're not obstacles that stand in their way. The obstacles are overcome. The mountains are moved in the name of Jesus. And we praise you. We bless you. We exalt you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, you are so good. You're, you're so patient with us. Oh, you're just so generous. You're so gracious. Oh, Lord, 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 we get it wrong so often, and yet still you persist with us, and you persevere with us, and you say, oh, you're going you're gonna to bring us right through, right to the end, blameless on the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise your holy name. Bless your holy name. Thank you, Lord. We've got nothing to fear. Hallelujah. We don't need to fear the devil. We don't need to fear the future. We don't need to fear failure. All we have to do is just trust in you, rejoice in you. Oh, just abide in your love and your peace. We praise your holy name. We thank your holy name. Come on, if you don't feel joyful, make yourself... Rejoice in the Lord. You have to do that sometimes. Right in the face of all the adverse emotions, you rejoice in the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You know, if, if anxiety or worry tries to to attack you, what's the answer? Just start rejoicing in the Lord. Start praising Him. The worry and the anxiety will disappear because you can't praise the Lord and be anxious at the same time. So hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We praise your holy name. We bless your holy name. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord, that we are a victorious, overcoming people because we live in the one who has been victorious and who always overcomes. And he lives in us. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Come on, just turn to at least four people and say, I'm an overcomer. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.